Welcome to the dive table. I'm Jay Gardner. With me, as always, is Nick Kogel and producer Daniel's in the house. So we know that this is an official recording of the dive table. Nick, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Hello out there, scuba world. We are really happy you've chosen to pull up a chair at our table. We hope you take something away from the show, even if it's just to laugh at us for the next hour. That's great. A podcast for scuba divers everywhere. Take your seat at the dive table with your hosts, Nick Hogel and Jay Gardner. All right, Nick. So diving is a fully immersive experience. It requires us to prepare. Quite literally. Very, very literally, (laughs) right? It requires us to prepare like long before we actually get into the water. Uh, from prepping gear, prepping your body, um, even making sure there's you know fuel in the truck. There's a lot that can go into getting ready to dive. So we decided for this episode that we wanted to tackle the question, how do I prepare for a dive? So whether it's a nice you know shallow reef dive out to Molasses Reef or a technical dive on the Spiegel Grove, going diving requires prep. No matter any way you slice it, even if you're going 10 feet, it requires prep. So both Nick, you and I have done this. We've left our wetsuit at the dock or left my dive computer on the charger at home. Or even just before we get in the water, we realize, oh, shoot, I forgot my mask on the surface. So dive preparation can help us prevent some of these situations and get us in the water where we really want to be more consistently. So this is what this episode's about um, is really dive prep. And I'm looking forward to the conversation. You ready to jump in? Yeah, just a real quick, I want to give a shout out to uh, my buddy Joe out there who actually just did some rec training at Spiegel Grove. So um, cool. I just want to give a shout out to him. What's up, Joe? Hey, Joe. <laughs> All right. So let's let's dive into this. So let's start with maybe more of the logistical side of preparing for a dive. So something like how much time do you leave prior to even leaving your house? Um, to get to the dive site, so on and so forth. What do we prep? Maybe focus more on the logistical side, the gear side. What do we pack? Those sorts of things I think would be a good starting place for this episode. Um, excuse me. So there's definitely, uh, for me, I know I'm, I'm a slow person, and, and I really promote it too in scuba. Slow, slow, slow. You, you um, drive really slow. I do too. drive Just very notes slow. For everybody. Um, I, I've been uh, getting into a little bit of blending, and that was one of the key words there. Slow, slow, slower. Um, but me, I don't like to rush going through things, so I... Um, typically when I'm trying to set up, I try to do it the night before. Um, it's not always possible, but if I can get everything prepped in a different mind state, like if I wake up in the morning, I'm like, crap, I got to leave here by nine. Then I start backtracking. Okay. I have this much time to do this. Whereas the night before I'm like, okay, I can casually get stuff together. I can, uh, grab all the equipment that I need. If I'm teaching, I can grab the equipment that students might need, maybe an extra regulator set or, um, one thing we all know, definitely bring extra o-rings um because they happen to go out quite a bit um and then uh, generally for me i like to arrive uh very early so that way i could continue that slow process of setting up and uh one thing that i'm not a big fan of is uh getting you know if i'm telling students i'm telling students to meet at nine 
and I show up at 830. I'm, I'm in a just a hustle of trying to get things done. Some people show up early and then I'm trying to set things up. Whereas I'm like, OK, if they're going to get there at nine, I'm going to get there at eight. So I'm showing up an hour early. I can slowly put my stuff together. I'm not rushing to get through things because um, that that could be a huge, huge problem when you start rushing through things. You start making, you start cutting corners. You start skipping things, and that's when things are forgotten when you get into the water. Yeah. So for all you listeners out there, um, one thing that's very obvious: if you're a parent and you're listening to this, Nick doesn't have kids. <laughs> so I, I have kids, and I feel like I'm always on the razor's edge of being. 10 minutes late to everything. Nor do I reason. ever want to have children. Yeah, you, you have scuba children uh, yeah. called students. Where is this going right now? But uh, <laughs> Nick, I have a question and my <laughs> knees are... No, I'm kidding. Uh, I agree. I, I mean, I try to pack the night before. Usually it's really late at night. But it's, it's also a double-edged sword because there are some things you can pack. And there's some things like I need to leave my DC on, or my dive computer on the charger, or I need to leave my battery on the for the for my canister light on the charger, whatever it might be. But most everything I do. And one one little fun side note tip here is if you're diving locally, kind of a dive and drive, or or out of your trunk or out of the bed of your truck. Uh, one of the things that's really useful if you go to like Home Depot or Lowe's or any of those, you know, I think even Costco has them. Um, we use those big black tubs with the yellow tops those are great uh you can get them in different sizes but i use that uh, and i have a method i start with my dive kind of gear kit or or fix the dive kit which is a lot bigger than what i take traveling but i start there i know where my boots go i know where my fins go i know where my exposure suit's gonna go so on and so forth and i try to get everything kind of layered into one bin as best i can the night before and then the things that I can't put in the bin because they need to charge or for whatever reason, I leave out on a table in my garage, uh, you know, that, that tells me, hey, don't forget this dummy before you leave. But yeah, I usually try and get all my things thought through, packed the night before I'm going to go diving as well. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And you can't sometimes always do that. Uh, um, when I was in my dive master training, uh, I was going through where, you know, I'm helping out at the resort. So you have to do it the morning of, and then that kind of goes back to that whole rushing thing, but you do become, I think it, uh, what helps is getting a routine, you know? Oh, okay. It's almost like your pre-dive checklist or whatnot. It's like, oh, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Um, but going back to it, yes, I have showed up to the dive site without my boots and I'm like, holy crap. Luckily I always keep a, a, a extra pair of boots in the car, but they're two sizes too small. And I wasn't a very happy camper that day. <laughs> uh, I, I got them super cheap. I'm like, I'll just keep them in here for random students. And then I just needed them one day. <laughs> so, all right. So that's prior to the dive site, getting to the dive site. And I usually leave about like I said, I want to be there. I aspire to be like you, Nick, in that regard, to be there an hour early. I'm usually there like one minute after we said we were all going to show up. <laughs> Not for instruction, just like, you know, buddy dives or fun dives and things like that. Just by the nature of that's how it yeah. goes with, you know, three young girls under the age of six in the house. But um, what about once we get to the dive site? Is there a sequencing that you have? Like, put my gear together first, put my suit on first, put my, you know, dive computer on the right hand. What What's kind of your sequencing of how you get ready? Not necessarily for class, but if you're going on a fun dive or, or a buddy dive or, or you're diving personally, 
what is your sequencing of things logistically there? Um, well, I guess it depends on what my exposure suit is. It depends on the weather. If it's super hot, um, if it's cold, I'm probably I'll be in a dry suit. I'll probably put that on right away just to kind of stay warm. But if it's a hot day, um, generally the first thing I'm always setting up is going to be my my BCD, my tank, just to make sure everything's good to go. Um, get everything set up, turn it on, make sure there's no leaks or whatnot. Uh, generally I'm close enough to my gear to where I'll just leave it on. I know there is a practice out there where you turn it on, make sure everything's good to go and then turn it off. Uh, but I'm usually within a few steps. So we've all had O-rings blow. I've had it happen quite a few times and you start losing air, but I'm close enough to where I could just turn it off very quickly. Um, so I'll get my gear, the, the, the stuff I'm actually wearing, you know, BCD tank, uh, all set up, everything clipped away. Um, then I usually go into my exposure suit. Computers generally last because I have a hard time just putting, I have a big stupid computer. It's not stupid, I apologize. Um, but it's, it kind of gets caught up very easily. So I'll put that on last. Um, and then, yeah, I guess kind of the rest of that, the, the boots, the, um, the mask. I, these days I wear a hood most often, even on warm days, just because I have luxurious, luxurious hair. Or, is that, am I luxurious. saying that right? Luxurious. There we go. I'm trying to find my words. Always Fact trying to find my again. words. Yeah. <laughs> I do need a haircut though. It's getting hair too brought long. to you by Suave. <laughs> I love that brand. Um, Still currently looking for recommendations for the best shampoo out there, so hit me up in the comments. You know what a lot of people say? Now, this gives you a little bit of my background, is there's a, a horse shampoo. I kid uh, you not. Mane and tail. Mane and tail. Mane and tail. Yeah, that's it, mane and tail. Oh, that, that came, what was that? Uh, there's a movie where he uses that... Uh, that ice skating movie with Will Ferrell. That's right. <laughs> He's like, will you put that in your hair? Don't we have, yeah. Isn't there enough controversy with horse tranquilizers? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what controversy Daniel's into with horse tranquilizers. Oh, something. I, I have not tried that, but I You've I not tried try a horse that. tranquilizer? I, well, <laughs> not, I need to try that. I hope not. Um, Maybe in my younger days. But, uh, no, the mane and tail, I have not tried that. I have seen it around. Um, hit, hit me up in the comments. Let me know if that stuff works because I'm, I'm still on the search. And, I, and if you happen to be an executive listening to this from mane and tail, <laughs> Nick would love sponsorship. a sponsorship from you. We, we will <laughs> happily say Nick's hair has been brought to you by mane and tail. I will post pictures for your <laughs> website to use, okay? No, no feathering <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. All right. So anyways, we, well, that, that was a nice rabbit hole that we just went down. So uh, so you're sequencing dive computers going on last. Uh, you're usually wearing a hood because of your hair. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And uh, whatever gear I might need. And, and um, that usually comes in with the, the pre-dive checklist that I have. Um, one of the last things I always tell people is, what do you need to complete your dive? Are you bringing your GoPro? Are you? Do you need your light? Do you need... Um, I mean, you should not, well, I guess, depending on what type of diving that you're doing, a light is always nice to bring, but not always needed. Um, and just, yeah, whatever I'm going to need to complete the dive. Uh, but I do have certain things, you know, the computer I'm always bringing, um, uh, making sure I can breathe off of the regulator. Um, I have a little checklist that, I mean, we all, we all have our own checklist that we go through depending on what agency you learn from. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about it at some point. Um, 
but yeah, go through that check. Even have a written checklist if you need to. I think that's a very good thing to have uh, because one, it'll it'll slow you down. And I, and I'm taking that from something that I learned uh, from one of the online training that I was doing. Uh, the human diver checklists are there to slow you down. And if you have caught the word slow, I've used it a few different times because the slower you go, the easier things will come to you, and and you'll be able to. Um, process things better I'm, I'm not a fly by the seat of my pants type of guy so. yeah no i agree well if i think about my sequencing i mean if i'm honest the first half an hour is just bsing with whoever's at the dive site right like you've got to plan That's a for very that important level. part you know oh totally i mean i think it's it's the first part you get there and it's story time and you know hangout time and water cooler time and then sometimes that that can throw me off because you're I'm in a rush. Uh, got to the dive site, get all my gear thrown into a cart or and rolled down to the actual site, and then I'm, you know, okay, now let's BS for you know 20 minutes or 30 minutes. So if I think about my dive sequence once I get to a dive site, I have to be honest, it's probably like a half an hour of just BS time. Well, it's a very important part. I mean, you got to show off the new dive gear. Yeah, show off your new dive gear. Talk about, you know, the last week. There's always this half an hour or an hour sometimes, depending on who's there. Like, there are guys that will tell half an hour stories to you. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. So I was, I'm always trying to do that backup and start assembling gear type thing um, while they're talking. You know, yeah, yeah, that's great. That's great. But anyway. I, I am guilty of that. <laughs> I, I will I will tell long stories. And, and it's hard to get to a place like windy point you start seeing all these different people you know it's you know the, the bullshitting but then you go over and you're like oh hey what's up and then I, I i am very famous for the walk away as you're talking though yes yes <laughs> walk away walk away i don't know what to do with my hands uh yeah i go over here now so but for me my my sequencing of gear it, it again depends like yours on what the exposure suit is what type of day it is so on and so forth but typically Mine has changed now. I actually carry my bottles down to the actual water and stage them because I'm diving double side mount, right? And one of the fun tricks that I just found out, at first I had tied like ropes together and try to hang them off of the, the, uh, the railing that's down there. I actually bought a $10 multi-dog leash, <laughs> a multi-dog leash from Amazon. It's 10 bucks. And literally I can, it has three different uh, ropes that attached to a ring and I can loop those back and then just hook my bottles onto those oh, and drop nice. them in the water. It's really nice. Anyways, little side note, but I usually go down, put my bottles in the water and then I come back up and get, you know, all my gear set up. So I'm not putting a tank on my, you know, wing or my BC. If I'm diving side mount, if I'm diving, you know, singles or double back mount, then that's different. But then I probably go through a step, I have a process, like you said, a procedure for myself where I'm putting my gear together, making sure everything's there. Then I'm starting with my exposure suit. And another little tip or trick, if you use a wetsuit and you've ever struggled to put on your arms or your feet, just bring a little itty bitty plastic bag, like save something that, you know, you open from Amazon or whatever, put it over your hand. It slides right through your suit. It's been the one of the best one. I put it in my little dive kit gear. But anyway, put your suit on. Um, get your BC on, go through your pre-dive sequence. But I think the most important thing for me is always to say, okay, 
is everything working? Test the lights, test your first stage, test your second stage, test everything that you can to make sure everything's working so that once you get in the water, you're confident in your kit at that point. It's kind of my sequencing of things. Wait a minute. I'm supposed to get prepared before I get in the water? Yeah. <laughs> Holy God, this is a whole new concept for me. All right. So gear's pretty straightforward. I mean, I think what we're saying here is have some sort of consistent process. And checklists, I think, help a lot or can help a lot. Um, obviously, buddy checks or however you do that can help a lot. Uh, making sure that you have things ready beforehand. But there are that's gear that's one aspect of it and sometimes we think that the only aspect to prep is gear my gear's ready therefore i'm ready to dive so i wanted to kind of take a minute here and talk about maybe some other aspects of preparation which can be is there any prep for your mind is there any prep for your body is there prep for your spirit before a dive i mean what do you what are your what's your take on this um yes definitely those are all good very all very good things to prep um, before the dive. Uh, I guess we'll go tackle them one at a, one by one. Yeah, maybe um, go body, mind, and spirit. Okay. Um, how do I prep my body? Okay. Um, usually that starts with a very big cup of coffee and about 35 to 40 minutes in the bathroom um, right after the <laughs> cup of coffee. Uh, you know, because, I mean, you definitely you save it for your wetsuit. No, you do not want to get out there and have to go old number two um, out. In, I heard there's a, spe a specialty class for what that. What is that? Pooping uh, in your wetsuit. The Warhammer, I think I've oh, seen. Oh, gross. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, just a real funny story to add to that. Um, I had a buddy, we were snorkeling and you know, you're talking, Oh, if you're snorkeling in the ocean, stay close to your buddy or whatnot. And at one point I noticed my buddy was getting quite far away. I'm like, why is he going out there? You know, he's like very far out there. And the closer I swam to him, the further he would go. <laughs> <laughs> he just had a little bit too much coffee and he just you know had to drop trout and do his business out in the ocean and, uh, <laughs> i i have never laughed so hard um it's feeding the fishes and is. watering the coral there you go <laughs> just the 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 ecosystem you know it's it's going it's all it's all yeah chumming, it's all going back you know you, you got it from the earth you're giving it back um but uh, no, a couple things for me is, um, I, I think hydration is a huge, huge key, uh, to kind of prepping your body for it. Well, I mean, obviously we, we all learn just the, if, if you're in better shape, um, things will be a little bit easier for you to do, especially scuba. You're lugging around some heavy stuff. Um, you know, we're down there with at pressure things, things are taking a toll on our body. So I feel like definitely the better in shape and the healthier you are, things are going to be better, but hydration is super super key and what i mean by that is um not just drinking two gallons of water the night before um three four days before start drinking well i mean try to stay hydrated all the time you're just going to feel better um but three four days before start hydrating and believe me i know we've all been there on our trips you know when i'm saying drink water okay so don't like you know you're you're down in cancun you're in cozumel you're out there partying the night before that's all going to dehydrate you and joking around about the coffee coffee actually dehydrates you as well um so you have to really prepare for it and it's one of those really weird fine lines because you want to stay hydrated um but you when when you're staying hydrated you have to pee all the time it's just it's just facts and it's like oh, okay i want to stay hydrated but 
10 minutes after I'm in the water, I need to pee. Um, and if you're in a wetsuit, not the biggest deal, but believe me, that is no fun if you're in a dry suit, if you don't have a pee valve. By the um, way, uh, what do you call that warm spot on your wetsuit in mid dive? Oh. Uh, urine climb. A oh, urine climb. You stole my joke. <laughs> you stole my joke. Uh, but I saw that. I saw that, and I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, and and just you know, staying. I mean, I know there's uh, people that will go. Uh, they're they'll do yoga, which I think is super good because it gives you breathing techniques. Um, and that could probably even go into mind and spirit, uh, prepping your mind and spirit. But, um, yeah, just be in shape and then, and then know that you're good. Um, I guess we'll lead that leads into mind, but what, what about you and, and what about you and your body, Jay? <laughs> yeah. So for me, actually you and I went on a dive together. We, we were part of a, another team. Um, and it was a later night, dive not, not not late night but it was a night dive and we were going down to see that old paddle boat wreck i don't know if you remember this but there's an old Dude, paddle boat i think wreck. that was actually the first time i dove with your part of your team part of my team yeah, yeah. so we were going down and i remember you know i was so excited because i hadn't seen this paddle boat wreck and, and there's not a whole lot left of it but i was excited about it he couldn't hide it yeah <laughs> i remember i got down we got down to depth and i went to just do a simple back kick and both of my legs cramped like crazy i mean massive cramps and i remember actually producer daniel was with us and i'm screaming at him under the water like ah like you know grab my legs stretch me out i was really painful and that experience really opened my eyes i should say uh, of course to end the story it, it is crazy when you get a cramp but when you cramp in both legs you feel completely helpless in the water because I could not move my legs. If you know, I like the most amazing thing about that was producer Daniel actually pulled out a couple bananas for you to eat. Yeah. Shoved them in my <laughs> mouth through my regulator. Like, Where no. did you keep those? <laughs> um, bananas. Good for good for what is it? Cramping? Well, there's potassium? some debate. The potassium yeah. is there's some yeah. debate about how good, like how many bananas you'd have to eat to actually have an influence <laughs> there. But anyway, this was Chiquita bananas. You know, check us out. Sponsorship. Yeah. So, so Daniel <laughs> saved me that day and eventually the cramps will weigh. And, uh, and, but it opened my eyes to the importance of preparing my body for a dive. I thought about hydration before and I've always been, um, very focused on my own hydration outside of diving, but I hadn't thought about the cramps and, and, and those sorts of things. So where I came was really understanding that you have to actually fuel the dive whatever dive you're going to take you need to actually fuel that and it doesn't start like 10 minutes before you get in the water right so i think things like brown rice i started to introduce um, to give my body some the right fuel or sweet potatoes and, and some protein or think about a meal that i'm going to have um, that isn't just high in carbohydrates right but is also giving me enough nutrients that i need while i'm in the water and enough fuel um, for that dive. And it sounds silly. Like I would have never thought in my open water class, like, yeah, before I go diving, I need to think about the food I'm eating the night before and the day of and things like that. But it's true. Uh, and I, for me, that has really, really, really changed how I dive is thinking about a dive as not just exercise, but as something that I need to provide my body fuel for and prepare for. And then think about the right types of fuels that work. So for me, like I said, brown rice works great for me and some protein, whether that be chicken or tofu or something that I'm eating. Um, but that really has helped me. And I haven't cramped since, which is amazing. Since I started using that, I haven't cramped again. And that's been great for me. Whereas that was something I struggled with early on as a, as a new diver 
was cramps. I thought, oh, I just need to be more hydrated. I need to be more hydrated. Drink more coconut water. Drink, you know, more salt water, so on and so forth. No, it was I was I was well hydrated, but not fueling my body correctly for that activity, and that changed everything for me. When, we're not just here for scuba tips. We're here for life tips as well. That's right. So just, you know, eat healthy and, and take care of yourself. Um, but, yeah, uh, I think we've said cramps quite a few times. Cramps. <laughs> In my life. One more time, oh. cramps. All right. Well, what about the mind? So I have some strong visual, like things about mind that I prepare personally. So the first one of these is, is a tool called visualization. Visualization. So I'm sure you've heard of this before. It's the idea of visualizing the dive or visualizing yourself in whatever activity that you're about to partake, whether that be a tough conversation you're having with somebody or a negotiation or, you know, you're preparing for the home run derby, whatever it is, visualizing yourself in that situation is really important. And for me, it, I brought that practice into diving and what it really does and there's a you know psychological you know psychologists like to call this uh you know creating a mental model and what mental models are are really the ability to think through build a model to compare reality to as we're doing that activity and so there's some great resources there's a book out there that i would highly recommend if you're interested in some of this stuff um, by Charles Duhigg called Smarter, Faster, Better. And there's a lot of these books out there too, but this one particularly stood out to me. And I remember in that book, he tells the story of a 2010 Qantas Airways flight. I think it was flight 32. Um, Captain Richard de, I'm going to butcher the last name here, Richard de Crispingi, I think. Crisping, Crispigny, there we go. And they had a major mechanical We're sorry, error. Richard. Yeah, sorry, Richard. <laughs> sorry, Captain. Um, a major kind of mechanical error at something like 7,000 feet, 7,400 7, feet, something like that. And what is described in that is usually if those things happen, the plane's going to crash. And in this case, the plane didn't crash. They landed the plane safely. They went through a bunch of things. And in the debrief of it all and all the case studies that have been written about this, uh, this thing, they compare two things between a mental like they have you have a good mental model for when things go wrong or when things are being normal uh that you have a mental model built to compare it against mentally in your head um that's what saved that flight versus if the flight had crashed would have been what's called cognitive tunneling so that basically if you think about your mind as a spotlight when we cognitively tunnel we focus a spotlight on a little thing and i think in diving we can definitely get into some cognitive tunneling because we say okay i'm going to focus on this thing or or you know this is a new piece of kit for me or whatever it is or or i put all my stuff together now let's do the descent and we lose the bigger mental model or the bigger picture of the whole dive and so for me it's really important to prepare my mind um, to do some visualization to build a mental model of that dive even if it is a 30 foot shallow reef dive I still want to build a mental model for that dive, how I'm going to perform in that dive, so on and so forth. So for me, the mind is really important. It's as important as the gear prep in my world. That might not be true for everybody because I want to be able to have that to reference and I feel much more confident on a dive when I have gone through taking the two minutes or five minutes it takes to build a healthy mental model for about what I'm about to do. Um, no, I, I like that. 
I, I guess I'm doing the same thing, maybe just in a little bit of a different way, but it's the same thing. So when I'm trying to prep my mind, it, it obviously uh, is determined on what type of diving I'm doing. So, um, you know, if I have a class and I'm teaching students, I'm, I'm kind of prepping myself one way. If I'm going on a boat dive or if I'm at Windy Point, um, <clears throat> one thing I always... Uh, try to do, you know, I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy or anything, but I, I think about the things that can go bad. I think about the things that can go wrong and try to mentally prep for that. Like, oh, okay, um, what if I have uh, um, an uh, O-ring blowout when I'm 60 feet underwater? Or uh, what if something happens and this doesn't work? Uh, what if we get down there and the visibility is down to a foot or half a quarter of a meter? I don't know what you'd call that. Third of a meter. Um and then I also want to prep my mind for things that can go good because that's why I'm out there, right? I'm trying to get all the good things visualized. I'm trying to visualize the bad things so that way I'm a little bit prepared for it and it's not such a shock when it happens. Obviously, we can't prepare for everything. We're not all clairvoyants here. Um, and though I feel sometimes my girlfriend is, I'm sorry, <laughs> uh, but um, no, uh, yeah, just try to try to get my, because you want to be in the right mindset and... Uh, and, and that goes back to sometimes you're just not in the right mindset. And we've said this before. If you're not in the right mindset, call the dive. Don't go dive. Just be prepared, you know, and don't ever give anybody a hard time and don't ever feel bad about calling that dive because you're just not in the right mindset. Maybe you got some things going on in life that just aren't going well. Um, and that can go both ways. Sometimes you got things going on in life and you're like, man, I just need to get underwater and go on a, on a dive or man, I got too much stuff to worry about. Um, this is just probably going to lead into a bad situation. Um, and the, the big thing there is um, you have to be honest with yourself because um, I can't read what's going on in anybody else's mind. I'm pretty sure most people, except maybe that damn psychic that took my money a few years ago. Uh, <laughs> but no, anyways, uh, um, you know. Did she tell you you'd have luxurious hair? Uh, she did, actually. Oh, my. It's all coming. It's all coming together. Uh, um, but just, you know, be honest with yourself. And if you're not feeling it, don't dive. And if you are feeling it, go out and dive and have an amazing time. Um, but the mind is a, is a huge thing. It's, it's definitely as important as the body because that's where it all starts. So, like I said, life tips 101 here at the dive. Table. Well, yeah, and, and I mean me mental check-ins in general beyond scuba are really important. And I think mental health, again, is something that doesn't get talked a lot about. Um, but not not necessarily mental health in the, in the classic regard uh, of, you know, some something going on with somebody. But I, I totally agree with you. If, if you do that mental check in with yourself and it just doesn't feel right, there's been a couple times where it just, I don't know why, I still don't know why, but it just didn't feel right in that moment. And I had to be honest with myself and say, I'm not, I'm not going on this dive guys. Sorry. And if that makes me less of a diver or whatever, then those are the consequences. It doesn't, but it can feel that way in that moment that maybe people are going to think of you as, you know, maybe less of a, a person or, you know, that you're not tough or that, you know, you're a bad diver or whatever it might be because you call a dive before it ever starts. But I think it's really important to be honest with ourselves prior to a dive with that check-in and even if you just take 30 seconds you know, and check in with yourself am i am i good with this you don't have to go through really i, I spend a couple minutes doing the visualization so do you but but maybe it's just that's not for you that's okay too 
and you take 30 seconds just to say, okay, am I good? You know, ask yourself a couple of mental questions and then, okay, check, 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 let's go. And I think that can really help keep you safe, but also can prevent some of those maybe emergencies or things that might, might come down the line because you just weren't in the mindset to die. So I think there's a lot of prep that goes into the mind or can go into the mind and should. And I know um, pressure can be a huge, huge one. Uh, you just spent all this money. You just traveled all this way. You're with a couple of friends. You're on the boat. And it could literally happen the minute you're about to jump in the water. And it's hard, I know, to, to not give in to that pressure or to give in to that pressure and say, oh, I'll be fine. I'm going to go on the dive. Um, but those are the times you really, really need to be honest with yourself and, and step up and say, you know what? Not happening today. I'm just going to sit this one out. You guys go and have fun. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just you be be honest with yourself. Be true to your school. Oh, sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, what about spirit? I mean, I don't want to. We, we, we could definitely go down a, a really long path here around what is spirit and who, what is self. But but what about spirit? And spirit goes hand in hand with, with mind, but it's also kind of the emotional side of things, the, the, the culmination of the mindset and things. So what about spirit? Is there prep for your spirit before you get into a dive? Well, I'm kind of torn by this question because I think spirits should be enjoyed after the dive, not before. <laughs> um, and I mean, but I mean, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. I after totally you're went, done yeah. diving, period. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, what went completely the wrong direction there. I apologize. I, I misunderstood the question. Um, but no, I mean, I guess this is, is different for uh, every individual that could go you know, there's probably things about your mind, your body. Um, I'm not really sure, um, about this question. So I'll, I'll give it back to Jay to kind of see where he's going to go with it. And then I'll reply. Um, but whiskey is my spirit drink. Spirit Strong. of choice. Yeah. Bourbon, bourbon for me. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, without getting into, you know, an Eckhart Tolle discussion about what the spirit is versus what, you know, it's the self is and so on and so forth. I think there, for me at least, I like to take a moment to pause and recognize that moment. So it's been important to me in the past in other things that I'll do that maybe are much higher pressure than something like scuba diving is to just honor that moment, recognize where I am, be present in that moment, be present with what I'm about to do. And it certainly has something to do with your mind as well. So I think they're intrinsically linked in this case, but I like to have just some centering activities, whether that just be, you know, staring at a center point in the water for a, for a minute and, and honoring the, oh, the water that I'm about to get in. I or, zone out all the time. Yeah. Right? Just throwing that out there. Is that what we're talking about? No, yeah, no yeah. I'm kidding. I'm but joking. I mean, I think there's some centering activities that like you talked about yoga a little bit there, there's, there can be some practices maybe even a, a five minute meditation that can help get into a spirit. But I think also the spirit for diving, if you think about it from an emotional standpoint and also be, if, if you're enthusiastic about that, like if you're getting in the water and you're like, oh, I got to go do this because of blah, 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 blah. That's a spirit question in my mind. It's like, you know, don't do it. <laughs> like if you're begrudging the water, I'm not saying you need to be like, amped for every single dive you ever take don't be that guy <laughs> yeah but oh yeah yeah but um but awesome. i do think there's a spirit a, a right spirit when you get in the water because you know we don't talk about this a lot in scuba diving and 
you know, I think there's good reason for that in some ways, but there's also bad reasons for it is that when we do go scuba diving, just like when we cross the street, just like all these other things people say, but when we do go scuba diving, we're knowingly putting ourselves in some peril, some amount of peril. I'm not saying it's depending on the dive, depending on what you're doing, depending on whether or not you have spare air attached to you, then you're in high peril. No, I'm just kidding. But, um, but you know, there is a spirit or spiritual aspect of that, that, you know, are you prepared for that? Are you ready for that? Um, and I think it's another good check-in. So for me, I like, uh, I also like on the way to the dive site, like to play like the theme from Jurassic Park or something like amp myself up or something. I am learning new things fun. today. Um, you know, or those, or those sorts of things. So I think there is a spiritual aspect of it. Not, I'm not saying religious. I'm just saying, you know, spiritual in the sense that our mindset and our emotions and our spirit is also prepared to go diving because it's such a immersive experience that includes, you know, gear, body, mind, spirit, the whole thing is at play when you're under the water. I like that. I, I, I think I'm more of a Indiana Jones theme That'd type be a good of one. guy. Um, that'll get me into the right mindset, I guess, which also leads into spirit. Um, but no, I, I, I do. I guess it's it's more of, you know, me and, and those in-depth questions. I get kind of lost sometimes, but I do I do like it, and I guess it's something I need, I need to navigate and learn more about as I'm going into it, so... We should um, we should start a pre-dive playlist on Spotify or something. That'd be great, <laughs> right? Like, and we could just make it publicly available. Anyone? Here's our pre-dive jams that we like to listen to to get us in the right spirit. For Mine diving. would have a lot of Mariah Carey and <laughs> Okay, just throwing it out there. Backstreet like, Boys. Yeah. Is, are you still oh, there? Yes, one hundred percent. In sync. You remember come, those guys? Come, come on yeah. out. LFO. I, I think I'd have some Tupac, some uh, remember Crisscross. Crisscross. Did you, did you ever oh, wear yeah. your uh, your overalls backwards? That one. I probably have a picture somewhere of that. Um, but Crisscross, man, we're just bringing it all back. Yeah, but I'm a. We're not old. I'm a. <laughs> I am. I'm an '80s fanatic. Give me some flock of seagulls and and uh, Duran Duran, and I'm a pretty happy guy. Oh my goodness! Producer this... Daniel's about to stab me right now. He's a he's a hard rock type yeah, of guy. He, no, no, he's he hard by hard rock. He means like Chuck Berry and. Um, <laughs> There's nothing kidding. wrong with Chuck Berry. Great... I like Chuck Berry. By the way, I think we're kind of putting ourselves in this position. The the Super Bowl happened recently, right? And like, well, not recently, a while ago. I, I happened to be on a plane, and I remember I got to see the Super Bowl. This is 2022 Super Bowl. Whatever number, I don't know what Roman Roman numeral are at this point. Roman numeral. There we go. I can speak. Roman numeral. <laughs> Quote it. New Roman words. Roman numeral. New words here. Uh, but I remember I only got to see the halftime show on the itty bitty little plane screen, which I was really thankful I got to see it. And and then I and it was over. Right, I couldn't see anything else. And so I remember landing, and I think I popped open Twitter or something like that just to see how the reaction to it was. And it was like this huge bifurcation, like people that were this age group, we're not going to name them because we're kind of like, that was the greatest thing ever. And then people that were younger than that were like, why, what are these old decrepit people doing on the stage? Right. So I think I would have a lot of the folks from that uh, Super Bowl show. I loved the Super Bowl show. Um, I, I, they're <laughs> a funny joke that. Um, maybe I'll share, but they're like, man, 50 cents looking like a full dollar now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, 50, Sorry, 50. I love 50. you. Sorry. I love you. Love, love you, man. You. But yes. it was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, uh, man, I'm going to just keep going about the music. I was just trying to. 
go through all the music that I like. Yeah, but. maybe we should have an episode just on scuba music. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. Well, okay. So we'll Hold try to put quick. that. We need to get those underwater headphones in lock so that way we can dive while we listen to there music. There you go. Yeah, that's that's great for baritramas right there. So, uh, all right. Last last question on this. And um, and we will commit to that Spotify place. I think that would be fun. Yes. So I we'll do that. Uh, and, and you can add to the list too. Throw your your favorite pre-dive mixtape up there <laughs> toxic toxic Britney Dude, by the way just on the music me. thing you i think i was i missed the mixtape although i did record radio to tape do you remember that you had a i radio did player. radio to tape i did mixtapes and then burn cds burn was CDs, definitely more yes. of my generation Napster. but um and it's funny too because you'll see i think you'll see tiktoks um, these days you can just, you know, get any ringtone you want. Back in the day, you had to like hit record, hit record on your phone, get the right thing. Okay. This is my ringtone. Yeah, it was perfect. And I, th- you know, I think Daniel was still trying to scratch vinyl, yeah. you know, trying to make, <laughs> sorry, Daniel. <laughs> that was his mixtape. No, the mix a track. Um, so anyway, last question on, on this one, on our dive prep. And I think that this could be a whole episode into itself. So maybe we'll just go light on this. Um, but is there any team aspect or or let's say buddy aspect if you like to call you know your dive people you dive with buddies uh, you know is there a team aspect to preparation or is it really an individual activity and then everybody gets in the water what's what's kind of your take there um well definitely if if you are i think it goes on what you're doing are you solo diving if you are diving in a team or even just a Don't buddy solo and a buddy dive, please i i that's a that's a um, that's a topic for a different day because yes, I am a fan of solo diving, but we'll talk about that another day. Um, team diving, um, and, and even just one other buddy, that's a team Two It's a two person exactly. team. It's, you know, so, uh, I, I think communication is very, very key because as we know, uh, we can't speak underwater. We can't physically talk. I mean, you kind of can't. Oh, no. and, and oddly enough, there's some people I'm like, I understand what they're saying right now. Um, Usually it's like, Nick, get away from me. <laughs> you know, I, I've heard that one before. That push, that shove. <laughs> um, but uh, communication and and uh, it's, you hear this all the time and uh, it's not something that should be t- taken lightly, but uh, – plan your dive dive your plan talk about what you're going to do in your plan talk about your communication uh how you're going to communicate what does is everybody on the same page with these hand signals is everybody uh does everybody know what the dive plan is is everybody going to stick to the plan is there a leader who's who's leading the dive who has what role in in the dive um but communication i think is is the biggest biggest thing uh, because my boss always used to tell me, he's like, oh, when divers get in the water, they lose 50% of their brain. Um, so don't try to overload somebody with too many tasks. Say, hey, these are your tasks. Most important thing is, you know, have all these skills set, but you're going to be in charge of turning the dive. That's your biggest task. Turn the dive. Your task is to keep, you know, just kind of talk to everybody and so they know their roles, they know their positions. Um, but communication, I think, is is huge um, and you, you have your briefing, you have your dive, and then you have your debrief. Um, but I, I think, and that's all part of the communication, talking about it, executing it, and then talking about what happened, good things or bad things. So. Preach, brother, preach. Yes, no, I totally agree. And 
we we use on our team we use a, a little acronym i mean scuba is full of acronyms but we use one exactly what you're talking about around communication that we call glad so it's g l a and then five d's <laughs> and the five d's are the hardest one to remember but really it's it's that glad yeah exactly right so like the way we think about it is we always discuss as a team glad so g is what's the goal what's the goal of the dive right the goal of every dive obviously is return however many divers you leave with back with right like safely but obviously there might be a goal where you're going to go check out this you know line that you haven't seen before or check out this you know wreck or you you want to do a navigation dive to train that or whatever it might be so g is a goal L is leader, um, and really what it means is what's the what's the dive order? So what's the team order? Who's the leader? Who's the deco captain? Who's in the three position? Are you gonna go wing on wing or in a stagger formation um, based on the environment? What's our plan? Um, the A in GLAD is air. So how much air do we have? What airs are we what airs are we using? And this is really more about gases more than just air. So you might be on trimix or 2525 or nitrox or something so talking about those airs talking about the 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 gas or those gases and the switches that you might make and then the five d's so in in whatever order we talk about depth what's the max depth and average depth we talk about duration how long is the dive going to be we talk about direction which is really which direction are we going what's the outline what's the back line we talk about deco or decompression what are our obligations what is our planned obligation is it a min deco or a non-ndl dive then we talk about distance what are the constrictions what are constraints what are what's kind of happening once we get get to depth and glad is a a really good way to kind of guide a conversation exactly what you're talking about that we use as a team i'm not saying that's the only way or the right way that's just what we use and it's really helpful now sometimes you can have that whole conversation and you think everybody's aligned on on the surface and then you get in the water and something goes wrong and all that communication, everyone forgets it immediately. Happens more often than we'd like to admit. But um, I think it's, to your point, it's really important to have the conversation. And, and it might start, you know, days, weeks, months before the dive itself, right? If you're going on a trip together or something like that. The other aspect of team for me that that also builds on communication is I don't have you seen the the new Marvel movie The Eternals it came out. A uh, I years actually ago. just watched it literally a few days ago. I just finished it. The, man, I love Marvel movies, but I feel like they're just getting longer and it's all the same thing. But I did watch it. Yes, it's, I did watch it. I'm not hating on Marvel movies out there for all you scuba fans. I love them, but man, they're getting longer. It's like a four hour thing these days (laughs) i love it i've watched everyone i love the marvel universe but anyways there was a great moment in the new movie about like i forget what they called it but basically a shared power where they all the unimind the unimind that's it yeah yeah. well and i think there is some let's not go down that path again of the spirit Spirit. but there is a a a group let's just call it group think that's an easy you know pop psychology way to think about it but there is a shared team mind right that happens when you're going diving and ultimately again we don't talk about this enough but when i dive with somebody they're putting their life in some regard whether it be at one percent or depending on the dive at 50 percent they're putting their life in my hands i'm putting my life in their hands and so there is a shared trust we've talked about that before but i think there is you know when you think about gathering together at a dive site i always think about on a team somebody just had especially in classes I think about somebody just had the worst week of their life. 
and somebody just had the best week of their life. If you think about those extremes, and there's no way for me to know. So if I start from there, then we have to level out at some level or at some point as a team. And so I think it is a great practice. We use this practice a lot when it comes to classes or it comes to, um, you know, uh, we haven't dove together before, those sorts of things, is to use that communication, but also just to take a collective breath together. Maybe you're using some box breathing for 30 seconds, or maybe you're using some sort of visualization or meditation thing for a, for a minute, just to bring everybody on the same wavelength, because we're all coming from, you know, for me, I'm rushing from my house and, and being dad, um, someone else is rushing from work, so on and so forth and all those things. And so I think that's an important aspect. I, uh, I do like that. And actually, um, an instructor, friend of mine, uh, he started, I actually really like this and I used to incorporate it. I need to incorporate it more in my classes, but he would start every class and he would go around, not, not every class, but every dive, um, the dive day. So usually, you know, we're doing two dives on a training day or whatnot. Um, and he'd start and he's like, Hey, I want everybody to go around and we're going to say one positive thing that happened to us this last week. So it kind of gets you into that positive mindset. Like even if you were having the bad week, you think you're like, okay, let me think of something good that happened. And then it might kind of put you back in that positive mindset. Like, oh, this was a really good thing that happened to me. And then it lightens up, brightens up the the, the moments before the dive. So, um, no, I like that. I do like that because there you don't know what everybody's doing. But if everyone can talk about one positive thing, then it'll kind of, you know, put that spirit and mind, maybe even body in the right place. Yeah, no, that's great. It's great. I mean, I think there are awesome practices that – that you can come up with yourself. I mean, you know, I don't think there's a right one. I think that there's going to be some that work for some teams and other teams, but, but the idea is to put some intention around that moment. I remember, you know, in my non scuba life, I've run lots and lots of different workshops and, and talks and things like that. And I remember <laughs> I always would use the practice of, hey, let's stand up and, and just get some blood in our legs and move your body. I don't care how you move your body, move your body for, for 30 seconds just to bring a shared energy into the room to kind of shake off whatever, you know, that, that uh, day was, or maybe it's coming back from lunch. I remember though, when COVID hit, um, this is a technique I used live a lot, but when COVID hit, I remember I did this, I had a, a big, you know, not a big group, probably like 30 people like that uh, on a workshop. And I just noticed everyone was kind of down or whatever it might be. The energy online on video was down. So I remember telling, uh, them all hey let's just stand up from your desk for just 30 seconds you know just move around get some blood in your legs and so everybody starts to stand up and there's this one guy who wouldn't stand up and you know if I'm live I'm usually like using technique to kind of give that person an opportunity to explain like give them an opportunity to opt out so on and so forth so I remember turning <laughs> turning to him turning to him virtually and go <laughs> like okay like oh come on you know like whatever his name was John it wasn't his name John let's stand up let's stand Daniel up let's call him Daniel and he's just kind of giving me this sheepish look like you oh, know I'm getting you know I'm like it's okay like just get some blood in your legs you know just try it out and if you hate it we won't do it again you know blah 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 and I remember all of a sudden the camera goes off and and he <laughs> he comes back thirty seconds later and I'm thinking oh man. Later, he reaches out to me that day. He goes, I'm so sorry. I couldn't uh, you know, stand up. I wasn't wearing any pants. 
it wasn't even a thought that crossed my I thought he was so mad he was embarrassed because he couldn't stand up because he'd, he'd get boxers anyway I think or he could have and then it would have created a very funny moment oh that would have been great anyway okay good so there are some team aspects we could probably do but, a whole other show no I do that. like the uh, the glad too um because there, there are I'm sure it, it's kind of similar but I'm sure that there are uh, other people that have their little checklist I know that for some folks out there it's the ABCs for uh, you know other folks it might be the Bruce Willis ruins all films um, I don't know all of the different agency checklists but um, you as a team can create a checklist too and there's I think that something have it written down um, and that way you go through it and actually okay we just went through this one went through the second one, went through the third one. Um, and then going back to uh, having the roles and knowing what your role is, um, bring a slate, bring a slate with you and write down what the dive plan is. I know that's a very big thing in the technical world um, to where you, you have your dive plan on your wrist or you have a slate so you can, your wet notes, you can open it up and read what the dive plan is in case you forget. So um, we're humans. We're, we forget things. Um, like I said, my boss would yell at me, 50%, you know, so that would put me at about 25% under the water. So Of a brain. Um, yeah, yeah, so it's, you know. Um, but, yeah, write those things down and, and have that uh, have that secondary backup checklist, you know, have the mental one, have the actual checklist, and then have everybody be on the same page. Yeah, I think that's great. And maybe instead of Bruce Willis ruins all films, I was thinking maybe like Buck Williams rules all songs. <laughs> oh wait, that's S. I was S. Say, <laughs> oh shoot! I uh, I like final the, check. Either Bruce Willis rocks all films, Bruce Willis ruins all. We films. gotta we gotta come up with a new uh, one. There's uh, there's some funny ones. Um, uh, I can't. I'll have to. I'll have to remember. We'll we'll come back. We'll to come that. Back maybe to maybe on a different podcast. All right, well, good. Um, I think we'll wrap things up here. So today we've really focused on the topic, how do you prepare for a dive? And we've, we've gone into the spiritual, the mind, the body, um, the gear, the actual logistics of things, and also you know the team nature of, of diving and, and dive prep. And so we would love to hear your story. How do you get ready for a dive? What are your tips and tricks to get yourself ready, your, your mind, your spirit, your body, your gear ready? for a dive we really want to hear from you um and would would love that so if you enjoyed it uh, this episode you want to be a part of this community we're really still building at a ground level um join us in a couple ways number one subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to this podcast wherever you get your podcast subscribe so you get uh notified when new episodes drop number two leave us a rating ratings really help and so please leave us a rating uh wherever you listen to those and if you want a place to do that um, you can also go on the dive table.com and leave us a rating there you can send the link of the dive table.com to a dive buddy or your dive team or your last scuba instructor or you can send yourself an email to your spirit uh, <laughs> with this on there um, you know just sending the link really helps us and then finally share your thoughts so answer those questions how do you get ready for a dive um, leave a comment send us an email info at the dive table or even leave us a voicemail you get it's a nice little feature if you go on our website right on the right hand side there's a little button hanging out there that says send a voicemail it's really easy send us a voicemail we might even feature your question on an episode itself so go to www.thedivetable.com and send us a message leave a voicemail uh, leave a comment send us an email we'd love to hear from you 
Um, and, you know, I'd like to throw it out there. We need to have an episode where how do you wind down after a dive? Um, whiskey on ice for me. Just throwing it out there. Your spirits, <laughs> spirits. <laughs> Your spirit needs spirits. There Not you go. A, it's, it's, it's the proper term. It's the deco after the dive. Deco, yeah. Uh, all right, everybody. Well, uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for your time. And this is the dive table. The Dive Table is a production of Fish Dive Surf Incorporated and a member of the Fish Dive Surf Podcast Network. You can find out more at www.fishdivesurf.com.